You're listening to episode number 68 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and today's episode is the last episode of 2019, where I'm recapping some of the things that I've learned in career, relationships, and self, as well as some of my favorite things of the year, from books to podcasts and social trends. Let's get into today's episode. Uh, I'm recording this on December 27th, 2019, but you might be listening to this in the new year already. If so, happy new year. Um, Today's episode, I want to share some of the things that I learned over the past year, both career-wise and also personally, because I think it's really nice to just take some time to reflect, and I really encourage all of you also to take some time, even if it's 10 minutes, sit down, write in a journal, write on a piece of paper, write in the notes on your phone, and just go over some of the highlights of your 2019. What are some of the things that you learned? What are some of the things that you really enjoyed doing? And how can you do more of that in 2020? I think reflection can oftentimes be even more important than goal setting and forward thinking. And the reason I think that is because if you don't know where you're coming from or how you got Got to where you are now, it's going to be really difficult to plan out and map where you're going or how you are going to get there. This reminds me of something that my old humanities teacher in high school used to tell us, which was the reason we study history and the reason we study the past is so that we don't repeat the same mistakes in the future. And so the reason it's really important to be mindful about your past and how you got to where you are is so that you can take the lessons you've learned and not repeat the same mistakes going forward and hopefully pave a much more successful path in the future and only build off of what you have already built and not try and start from scratch each year. So what does that look like for me as an entrepreneur, a business owner, even if you are none of those things, if you are somebody who is taking your professional development and your career into your own hands and really paving your own path, um, that could be someone even working at a company or running your own show, I think this lesson is for you. Um, The number one thing I learned in 2019 related to my career is that I should be doing less planning and more doing. This is something that I don't think I specifically learned just in 2019 as I reflect over my entrepreneurial journey uh, from when I started my first startup right out of university at the age of 20 to running that, leaving that company, going into the freelance world, and now starting my own agency. Um... This lesson is something that has kind of been a repeated theme, and I think especially entrepreneurial people will feel this, creative people, but what I've found is that when you are really trying to plan everything to a T, whether that is your content, uh, a business plan, your financials, whatever it might be, oftentimes because things can be so much like a roller coaster up and down, you don't always know what the next thing is going to be. Taking all of that time to actually plan things out can sometimes be a waste of time, which I know is probably opposite to what a lot of professional development podcasts or you know professionals in career development might say. But that's one of the reasons why I didn't even set any concrete goals for 2020, because as an entrepreneur, I've just found that 
things really do move way faster than you can plan for, especially in the social media space. If you're a content creator or somebody who's trying to become an influencer or do more stuff on social full-time, the space moves so quickly. Things are constantly changing, new platforms are coming out. And so where I really learned this was when I launched my agency, I hired a branding design firm to completely design the brand of my influencer agency back in May of 2019. And I had this really beautifully designed um, agency, the website, the logo, like everything was ready to go. And I was basically sitting on all of this beautiful plan for so long because I was afraid of what if it's not perfect when I launch it? How do I have a really strategic launch so that everybody hears about this? All of these little things that I was basically trying to plan to a T something that didn't need perfection, it just needed to be done. And so that kind of became my enemy in some ways because I ended up sitting on the agency brand for months. It wasn't until November of 2019, I think, October or November, that I actually launched the agency and announced it to everybody. And it was not because I planned it out to a T, it was because I was actually featured in a Huffington Post article, which I ended up getting a ton of traction for, a lot of business from, and I used that as the opportunity and leverage to announce the agency launch, and it made the timing seem really perfect and make sense. But if I would have planned out this really you know, extravagant agency launch um, and tried to do things in a very structured way, the timing wouldn't have worked out as well as it did as when it happened very organically after I had that article kind of go viral. And I don't think I would be as happy with the result because when you try to make something very perfect, it oftentimes you know, you can never achieve that because perfection is just not something that is attainable by anybody and you really can become your own worst enemy with the standards that you set. And so I think what I'm taking into 2020 is stop worrying so much about planning things perfectly. Stop worrying about the launch of things, the announcements. We just spend time doing the thing versus planning and thinking about the thing, we oftentimes can become way more successful because also having something that's done is way better than never launching something that's perfect. Another time that I kind of learned this lesson was with content creation. This is something that I started implementing in November of 2019 when I downloaded TikTok, started my TikTok account. I challenged myself to post once a day on TikTok for 30 days just to see what would happen. And it really forced me to be creative every single day, to come up with content ideas, to record, film, edit, post every single day on TikTok, not to have a huge strategy planned out, you know, months in advance of this is what I'm going to post on this day. This is what I'm going to post on this day. Very much happened in the moment every single day after hours of my actual work. And what I learned from that was that's the best way to get practice doing something is literally just doing it over and over and over and over again until you become familiar, until you learn the platform, until you learn the process and how to be successful in that creative thing. And from doing that, I went viral. I had multiple videos hit over 100,000 views and I'm now sitting at over 9,000 followers on TikTok from basically one month of posting and challenging myself and just doing and not worrying about 
the big plan behind everything. So that's my number one career lesson that I'm taking into 2020. I've already kind of started with that. Um, I have a big idea, a project in my head that I want to launch sometime in the early spring of 2020, which is to do self-care Sunday pop-up shops. And I've kind of talked about this before. I've hosted similar events in the past. As some of you know, my background is with a clothing line, an e-commerce brand. So I'd also have experience hosting pop-up shops from that end previously. Um, But I've never done something like this with Self Care Sunday. I have done live interviews and live recordings and events like that. But I want to really make it a self-care Sunday experience, sell merchandise of some sort, partner up with other self-care related businesses, and that's kind of my plan for 2020. However, there's two ways that I could have done this. I could have, you know, spent hours, days, weeks writing up a business plan for this sort of thing, figuring out exactly who I'm going to contact, exactly the finances of it, exactly how I'm going to execute this, and then waiting until January to actually start and follow through on the plan. Or you could do what I just did, which was I basically spent a couple days researching, ordered merchandise right away, have a couple ideas in my head of where I want to host it, have a couple other business owners in my head of who I want to partner with, have a couple people that I'm interested in interviewing in Calgary that I really think would be a good fit for this event. And so I'm kind of just doing all of those little steps and not worrying about the massive big picture plan because as I've learned from every startup, every entrepreneurial endeavor that I've had, things often don't go as planned. Um, You can plan everything out to a T and it won't happen the way that you think it will just because the world doesn't work exactly the way that you always expect it to and nothing is ever 100% predictable and so I'm kind of just going for it I'm just doing more in 2020 I'm just going to start things and not worry about the big picture plan and just do it and see what happens and if the result is positive do it again see what I learned reflect make it better if the result is negative you know do I want to try again or is that something that I can leave in the past and move on to the next thing I think not having this massive attachment to things also like an emotional investment or emotional attachment to business things is also very helpful because it lets me Um, start and stop projects and not become super invested or super emotionally attached to them and not feel bad if something doesn't a thousand percent work out but also be really blown away if something does super well like TikTok which I had almost zero expectations for because I just didn't have a clue I just started doing it so 2020 less planning more doing less worrying less perfectionism more just getting stuff done testing, seeing what works, doing more of what makes you happy, and monetizing that. All right, so what's next? I also want to share um, what I learned in relationships in 2019. This has been basically my first year in so, so long, first full year of being single, And I've been kind of a serial monogamous, a serial dater for a long time since I was basically, you know, in grade nine, I've had a boyfriend and have never really been someone to be super single. And I think dating now with all the dating apps and online dating, blah, blah, blah. You guys already know all of this. Talked about it before on the podcast. Um, And I think it's just a shared feeling that dating just kind of sucks now. Like being single is very 
disappointing because it's very hard to get people to commit. Um, People have a fear of commitment. Everybody kind of has their own mental and emotional issues that they're working through. And so I think one of the takeaways from 2019 for me is just to stop making those types of romantic relationships a priority and focus more on girlfriends, focus more on putting energy into your career, your inspirations, focus on the things that make you happy, having hobbies, entertainment, whatever those things are. Because when you are living your best life, I think the right person will come into your life and you will be better prepared for a healthy relationship versus really focusing on where to find a partner, when to find a partner, the social pressure to have a partner, especially as you're getting older like me. I am 26. I'm turning 27 in 2020, which if I look back 10 years ago, I for sure thought that I would be married at this point. You know, I talked to my mom. She was married and had basically three kids by the time she was my age. But things are just changing so much and I think especially with women's independence and being very career motivated and the feminist movement, things are changing and I think it's okay to be single for a longer time. I also learned in 2019 that there is a difference between sad boys and boys and I think a lot of young men right now are struggling more than we give attention to and there's still this cultural stigma around men being open and sharing their emotions or even knowing how to communicate what they feel. I think that's something that we really as a society need to be focusing more on into the next few years is how do we make it okay for guys to be very emotionally vulnerable? How do we get away from the stigma that every guy that is distant is not necessarily a boy but might actually have like true rooted anxiety issues depression mental health issues because these things are much more much more common now and yet the conversation still seems to be very focused around women and i think there's a disservice being done to young men who are oftentimes being blamed for a lot of things because of them not being able to express or them not understanding how to express their emotions and how to process emotions the same way that women do. I look at myself and all my female friends and you know, we talk for hours, we're in group chats all day talking. Anytime we get together, we are talking nonstop about our personal lives, our relationships, the way we feel, you know, our mental health. And I just don't see these same conversations being had at the same level and the same depth with guys. I think that is part of what is really putting a damper on relationships and dating is a lot of guys just not knowing how to be really emotionally vulnerable, not feeling comfortable um, with the idea of attachment or a commitment because they don't feel happy themselves and they are struggling themselves. And so that's just been an observation from me and the guys that I've interacted with over the past year and just seeing this trend and this pattern that makes me really sad where a lot of guys are just really, you know, sad boys deep down and they don't know how to express it or how to deal with it in the same way that girls do and they don't have the same supports. And just to wrap up this section, I read a quote on Instagram today that really I thought was fitting towards this and it said, an unhealed person can find offense in pretty much anything someone does. A healed person understands that the actions of others has absolutely nothing to do with them. 
Each day, you get to decide which one you will be. And so where I took that was I used to take very personally when guys didn't want to be in a relationship with me or if a guy was acting distant or something like that. And then as soon as I kind of flipped the script and started focusing more on my career and my friendships and the things that I really cared about, and I started feeling more healthy mentally, personally, I realized that a lot of these interactions and these things happening that I used to take personally had absolutely nothing to do with me and had more to do with the guy and them not being ready, them feeling emotionally insecure, them going through mental health issues of their own. And so that for me was really eye-opening because I realized like everybody's on their own path and how somebody treats you is almost 99% of the time not a reflection of how they feel about you or anything to do with you. It's 99% a reflection of where they're at in their life and they're struggling if they're hurting that comes out in how they treat other people but I think just better understanding how guys struggle too has been like an eye-opener for me in this past year and what to expect in relationships and how to come into relationships in a different way so that you are meeting someone halfway and not putting in a ton of effort and waiting for that to be reciprocated when that person is not at a place where they can reciprocate it. Okay, moving on to what I've learned in 2019 around myself. I think the number one thing for me, the number one lesson was just to do more of what makes you happy. So even if that means making a little bit less money, um, if it's something that is going to give you more purpose and make you happy to wake up in the morning, I think that is what really you need to be focusing on in 2020. And so for me, that was opening the agency this past year and you know, turning down different job opportunities, turning down uh, different clients that would pay more on the brand side so that I could focus on one, my own influencers that I'm representing and how to help them grow. And two, focusing on my own content creation as well, because I learned over the past year that I do um, obviously make more money when I take on brands as clients versus just managing influencers. However, my values have definitely shifted a little bit and I really have started to value the creative process more. Um, I want to empower more female creators to be making more money with the content that they produce because I see it as incredibly valuable for brands and a lot of times brands don't want to pay for something that they really should be paying for. And so I kind of became an advocate of micro-influencers and content creators in 2019 and, you know, helping women um, monetize their content, monetize the things that they're putting out and the things that they're doing and helping them become more financially free. And so that applied to me as well. Um, I experienced more financial freedom in the past two years than I have ever before. And then also realize that sometimes the paycheck is not always the thing that um, makes you very happy. And so there's this fine line between wanting financial freedom and obviously wanting to make bank, but also wanting to stick to my values and 
do things and work with people that I really respect and I'm inspired by. So that for me in 2019 meant cutting out a couple different um, more lucrative opportunities in order to work more on the influencer side, uh, managing, representing influencers and helping them grow to where I think that they should be because that really gives me purpose and makes me feel more fulfilled when I know that another woman is making money off of the content that she's creating versus just being hired by brands to gift product to influencers. So that was a little bit of a shift for me in 2019 and not always prioritizing the paycheck, but prioritizing what makes me happy. And then going from that, um, also trying to just build in more sustainable routes of monetizing what makes me happy. So for example, my content creation, I really enjoyed TikTok (laughs) in 2019. You guys heard me talk about it so much in the last two months of 2019. I think it's just so much fun and I did it as a hobby, you know. I started it as like a personal challenge mostly because I wanted to learn about the platform for the influencers that I represent so that I could best mentor them on how to grow there and then I just started having so much fun with it that I didn't want to stop and it kind of became my hobby and obviously I've grown a lot on the platform and I've even had a couple um, sponsors sponsored videos now on TikTok. And so I want to be doing more of that and learning more of how I can monetize that. And especially in the creative entrepreneur space, um, there is this fine line between doing what you love, making money from what you love doing, and then stressing about making that money from what you love doing. And I don't think that the thing that you love needs to be your number one moneymaker. I think that you can still have a stable foundation and pursue creative things on the side or do the thing that you love on the side. But if there's ways to make that creative thing make you more money, then 100% go for it as long as it doesn't deteriorate you mentally and drain your inspiration. So that's something that I learned about myself in 2019. I also took a couple breaks from the podcast and that was to preserve my mental health. And I also stopped taking on sponsors for the podcast because I didn't want to feel responsible to somebody to deliver a certain ROI. And that's still something that I'm kind of teetering on back and forth because this is obviously something that I could be monetizing and I could be um, showing ads on so that it could become more a part of my regular income. But to preserve my mental sanity and my inspiration, I love being the one fully in control who is not delivering something to any sponsors or funders or advertisers because then I can really say what I want to say and not feel like I need to do things for somebody else, if that makes any sense. So there's a fine line and I think that's something that every creative entrepreneur and content creator needs to learn is what is that line for you and where do you start saying no to opportunities that could make you money so that you still feel your authentic creative self and where are the opportunities that you can be monetizing more and push to create a bigger part of your income from because they're doing super well and you feel very confident in those things. Now I also want to end this episode with some of my favorites of the year and so these are just some fun recommendations things that I really enjoyed in 2019 and um yeah and then we're gonna wrap up this episode so 
the first favorite of the year, my favorite book of the year was Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. If you have not read this and you are a creative person or a creative entrepreneur, a writer, a photographer, a model, influencer, content creator, anything related to that, oh my gosh, you need to read this book absolutely right away. I actually recommend the audiobook um, because I just really love listening to books now. I never thought I would, but I find it's just really soothing when I'm traveling or commuting or anything like that. And then I'm also learning instead of listening to music or something like that. So Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert just really got my creative juices flowing this year and reminded me to do more and plan less as a creative person. My favorite podcast of the year was the Goop podcast, and I feel like if you're listening to my podcast right now, you will probably enjoy the Goop podcast as well because there's a lot of similar themes. They interview some pretty interesting people, a lot of spiritual people, a lot of people in medicine, a couple relationship episodes, um, not so much career focused, more personal development focused. And I just love Elise Lunen's voice. She is the co-host with Gwyneth Paltrow. I think she has one of the most soothing, best podcast voice that I've ever listened to. She inspires me a lot. I think she asks really great questions. She's an awesome host. So the Goop podcast was one of my favorite podcasts in 2019. My favorite music artist of 2019, which I did not just discover her in 2019, but she kind of took over my playlist in 2019, King Princess. I also saw her live at the Calgary Stampede. She's a great performer. I think what's so magical about her is her songwriting abilities, the way that she writes lyrics that are so relatable and kind of make your heart break, but at the same time make you feel kind of inspired about love. Um, love, love, love King Princess. If you don't have her on any of your playlists yet, go download some songs on Spotify. My favorite brand of 2019 was Majuri. I own more Majuri than most other things at this point. I obviously started working with them um, in 2018 or 2019, I don't remember. But a couple of reasons why I love them. One, they are a female-owned, female-founded brand. Two, they're a Canadian brand. And three, I think they're doing an amazing job at influencer marketing. They've become this like coveted brand that is almost cult-like. They did a similar job to Glossier when they first launched and just created this huge buzz among content creators and micro-influencers and larger influencers too. And I think if you are a business owner, um, definitely look to them in their strategy of how they created such a buzz when they launched and over the past couple years, like how they've grown through influencer marketing. They're just doing a really amazing job. And my favorite social trend of 2019 is TikTok. Look, I know that this app was not created in 2019, but I feel like 2019 is the year that TikTok really started taking off, that influencers on TikTok started to really become as famous as they are now. Um, businesses, business owners, entrepreneurs, people like Gary Vee talking about TikTok nonstop. I think that this app has so much potential for influencers and content creators. And right now, so much potential for fast growth to go viral. Um, it is just so fascinating to me. I've been loving using TikTok as an influencer. I love using it as a consumer to just watch videos that are super funny and entertaining. 
And as a business owner and from a business perspective, I think we're going to see so many more collaborative opportunities coming onto TikTok in 2020. I've already seen the past two months of 2019, so the last quarter, I guess you could say, of 2019, so many businesses being more interested in TikTok, more money being spent on TikTok. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I've done already a couple sponsored posts on TikTok, and I think there's just so much potential for 2020. So I'm really excited about TikTok, and I hope you guys are too. If you haven't already downloaded it, my handle is at It's Actually Kaylee different handle than on Instagram because when I first downloaded it, I honestly was too embarrassed. I didn't want people to know my actual, you know, identity. (laughs) And so I created a totally separate username than my username across all other platforms. But yes, it's at, it's actually Kaylee, K-A-Y-L-E-Y. You can find me, go follow. And guys, that's basically the wrap of this episode. I kind of wanted to make it short and sweet. This was actually a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I just wanted to recap some of the things that I learned in 2019, some overall thoughts, career-wise, relationship-wise, self-wise, and some of my favorite things from the year. I'm going to keep this outro short and sweet. So until 2020, happy self-care Sunday, everyone. 